Welcome to the Continuous Delivery Podcast. My name is Zarar. I'm Hino. I'm Chaba. And I'm Cheesy. Today's topic is estimation. One popular pundit says, estimation is valuable when it helps you make a significant decision. I find it not very valuable in that, using that definition then, because uh, I find that too often the, the whole process around estimation is too loaded and too political that uh, most developers that I work with really want nothing to do with it. And uh, so in, in the context that we're talking about, continuous delivery or continuous deployment, it tends to have even less value because uh, we're not doing long-term forecasting or projecting how soon some large piece of software can be finished. But instead, we're delivering a lot of very small things continuously. So there was a point in my career when, when I spent a lot of time trying to find a way to get this to work and trying to find out how to uh, reconcile a lightweight uh, estimation process with a lot of what larger corporations tend to want and was never successful at it. And, and I've only been successful after I finally gave it up and decided you know, that there's no value in it any longer. First of all, the, the quote itself, um, I think that's true for anything. If, if estimation helps you make a decision, and I, I can think of a few decisions that it would help make, like for instance, is indeed this piece of functionality, is it worth the effort that we need to put into it? The, the, the assumed effort, right? Because that's always a question, of course, right? Um, is this feature worth the $10,000 that we're going to invest in it? Or the thousand dollars that we're going to invest in it, depending on whether it's a thousand dollars or ten thousand dollars, you might make a different decision. So, so I think that's where it's valuable. Having having an exercise where you uh, bring out assumptions around the complexity of um, of functionality or the implementation thereof might actually uh, bring to the surface some inconsistencies in understanding. But you know, don't you typically find that happen as we start to take larger concepts and break them down into smaller, digestible, deliverable pieces, as opposed to something like estimation? Actually, for me, breaking down things into smaller, digestible pieces is a result or part of that estimation process. It's interesting because it depends on on what level we're talking about, right? If we talk about uh, in a in a squad, I, I found that the the conversation. Is is crucial. So, uh, so me me personally, I I really like when when teams uh, uh, use something like like a planning poker, for example, because not because we want to get to an end result to an actual point, but because uh, it very quickly brings up what what Hino mentioned those potential uh, differences on how they see the same the same problem, and they, this could be ve- fairly fairly small ones, right? So so that conversation starter, I, I think it's a I think it's a good thing. Now. If if you would start going on a higher level, like let's say a feature or uh, or uh, like like even a bigger these bigger chunks, uh, I I still believe that the conversation on the level of such as oh is this an extra large or is a small uh, again is still valuable because then it's going to lead to to what uh, what Hitino mentioned about breaking these down. So I, I think as long as it serves the purpose of a conversation, I think they are valuable. In the moment when they become measurement of of progress, and that's the reason we are doing them, then they lose their value because then the gaming will be will be more important than actual the conversation. Doesn't gaming imply doesn't gaming imply large big chunks of estimation? 
Because if you're looking at something that, you know, I, I, I understand it today. Oh, by the way, I'm going to have it in production in two or three days. What possible gaming are we talking about? If, for me, gaming is a thing that always happens whenever we're giving like, you know, what might be three, four, five months worth of work. And someone says, give me an estimate on this. And, and so, and since we know that we don't have a, a chance of getting an estimate that large, uh, correct, we tend to pad it or something like that. So that's where the gaming comes in. Not the, here's something that I, that, that we think that we want to get it out. You know, today is Wednesday. We want to have it in production Friday. Uh, I don't see it. There's space for gaming there. Oh, absolutely, Cheesy. I, I don't disagree with you. I, I meant it more um, in the situation where, let's say, a, a squad is required to deliver, let's say, 40 points per, per sprint. What you're talking about there is why I think estimation is bad. What you've just described is an incredibly dysfunctional organization where thou shalt you know, deliver 40 points every single sprint. That's why I push back against it. I, I think I alluded to you guys uh, a little while ago. I had a conversation with uh, some teams today. These are teams that I'm not really working with, but uh, they reached out to me wanting to ask some questions in their uh, in their process. It's just been dictated to them that they'll shout, uh, estimate everything in hours, and we need developer hours, and then we need tester hours, and let's add the two together. Oh, and by the way, we're going to come in after the fact and and see what the actuals are to make sure that you're not making you know making things up or being too lazy or slacking or whatever it might be. And that usually is the outcome of estimation that we see. And that's why, you know, in that type of a world, gaming takes place so often. I absolutely 100% agree with you. And this is what I meant by gaming, where to be able to meet that arbitrary uh, arbitrary target, uh, those estimates will be gamed in order to, to like, like just to meet it, right? So, so that's what I meant by gaming and not, and not serving as a purpose of, of a conversation. So Cheesy, you're doing it all wrong. Everybody knows you don't add developer and tester estimates. You multiply them. So take that <laughs> away and maybe you'll have better success with your teams. Yeah, um, and we have the shock shocker in the seat so that if you go over your <laughs> estimate, it automatically shocks you, right? In an environment where uh, those estimates are used to uh, hold teams accountable, to deliver a certain amount of arbitrary effort, is uh, that just doesn't work. I mean, it... it drives all the bad behaviors that, that nobody wants uh, and uh, and it basically makes teams completely not responsible for the work that they are doing and and that is uh, not their fault that is the fault actually of the system that pushes that kind of behaviors on them for things that are not necessarily very well understood and they might not they might be assumed to be very well understood uh, by everyone on the team but but it's not always working out that way. Um, I still think there is value in having that conversation and and trying to figure out, okay, hang on, is this is this going to take us two days or is this going to take us 20 days? And if it's going to take us 20 days, we might not want to invest in it. If it's taking us two days, that's an entirely different story. Planning poker is, to me, is something, is something valuable. It's used well, but, it, but the, the concept of the numbers alone uh, kind of assumes a, a certain precision that is not there because we're still guessing, we're, we're estimating. I've learned a new method of driving those same conversations and there's really only three things that we want from that conversation. And the um, the method is called a no, BS, a no BS planning poker, I believe, or no BS poker or something like that. 
And and really the only cards that you have that you can play with in the same way as planning poker is a one. So, and the one means, yeah, this is something that is a reasonable size. We all understand it. We can do it within the time frame that we agree upon is a reasonable time frame, whether it's two days, that's half a day, or that's two weeks. Preferably, it's not two weeks. The shorter, the better. Then you have TFB, which basically means uh, this is too frighteningly big. And then basically, you drive the conversation of do we need to split this up into smaller pieces? And that's a valuable conversation to have. And another one is NFC, and that means uh, I have no faintest clue. And there basically you're saying, well, we don't have enough information. We can't really say if this is going to be done in two days or three days or whatever it is that you uh, you agree to. Uh, so let's try to figure out how we can reduce that uh, uncertainty. But I think if you're going to that point, then again, I would throw estimation out totally and just simply ask the question, can we finish this in a short amount of time? And if the answer is no, then we need clarity. We need to split it up. Right, but I still call that estimation, though. No, well, as far as not understanding that, you know, what what it is we have to do, I don't think of that as part of estimation. I think of that as part of grooming, you know, or part of making sure that we're ready to do something. And so for me, what you've just described is we've got two sizes. We've got small and we've got too big, you know. So, and we, we don't need to go through some magical estimation process to arrive at one of those two conclusions. What about the case where a team is working on, say, a persistence layer, and one developer in their mind might think that they need a Kafka queue to store this information, whereas another developer might think it's a simple RDBMS call or even something even simpler than that, maybe a cache or something. And wouldn't estimation be a good tool to kind of uncover those hidden assumptions? I mean, I think we're all agreeing that estimation uh, being used as a project management tool to plan timelines is a bad idea. But what about as a communication tool to uncover hidden assumptions that people might make and, and that can be basically brought to light by using a game like planning poker or, or, or some other estimation game that, that basically brings hidden information to light? But communicate, but estimation won't always bring out that communication that you just described, Zarar. So let's let's take that exact scenario where one person thinks that it's, you know, oh, it's something new. We're writing to a Kafka queue. The other person thinks, oh, we'll just do it locally or whatever it might be. They might both come back with com- have completely different ideas on the implementation, but come back with a very similar estimation. And because we don't talk about that that implementation, they'll have no idea that they're on different pages altogether. Again, it's really about understanding what it is and understanding is it small enough that we actually want to start to take it on. Estimation can also have an impact on the quality of the software you produce. Uh, For example, if you're a developer who has given an estimate of two days, but halfway through you realize, man, this might take me three days or three and a half days to do really well. But because you gave an estimate of two days, you will start cutting corners. Maybe instead of six unit tests, you will write three unit tests. And, and that's where you see behaviors like, oh, let me split the story into, you know, the story and some maybe some other technical debt work or, or, or something of the sort. And maybe that has to do something with the culture of the team, because if you're not in an environment where you're able to say, hey, I need more time to do this, that probably speaks to something larger. But at the same time, there is a direct impact, I could argue, between an, the estimate given by somebody and the quality of the software just because the time constraints uh, you self-impose on yourself. 
when when I'm when I'm hearing this, I always think that that the trust and uh, and the relationship within a, within a team or relationship within this team and their stakeholders, I think, is crucial. So if a team is not allowed or 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 feels the pressure that they have to do this and they don't feel that they can they can talk to their stakeholders or their product owner or whoever is is they made this commitment to then i think there are there are larger larger problems there i i think this has deeper deeper uh implications than just uh than, than just estimation i think that's actually the 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 scary part about using something that it that seems like accurate, that seems like precise. Those The numbers that I referred to early on that are oftentimes used for planning poker are, are causing that kind of behavior as well. Uh, oftentimes, a five or an eight suddenly in people's minds is associated with a certain amount of time that this takes. And if uh, if people go over that time, then indeed they they feel like either they were wrong in estimating or they're, they're, they're not doing their job well. So uh, which one gives? So they try to uh, achieve both both things they they try to ensure that their estimate looks accurate and that their uh, and that their work is done in time as well so it's not uh, I, I disagree chava that it's uh, necessarily uh, something that that is driven by management oftentimes it's uh, it's people themselves as well that feel committed to uh, to do it uh, in the time that they said they would uh, which is driving the wrong behaviors what about estimation as a tool for self-imposing time boxes i, I think they're unrelated um, first of all, a time box is very easy to achieve. You start on time and you stop on time. That's it. A time box has nothing to do with the fact that you achieve your result within that time box. Those are two different concepts. An estimate assumes that you achieve your result uh, within the time box that you that you estimated it. Right. So for me, those are two completely different concepts. I agree. In in a way, the question is more: Are we always working the most valuable thing? And if we are always working on the most valuable thing, when that when that time box expires or when the time expires, then for sure we we did the, the, the most that we could in that in that time frame. I have tended over the years to move further and further away from feeling that time boxes are a good thing and feeling that that you know commitments are a good thing because what I've seen again and again is pressure. And in some cases, guilt, like we said, for people who don't meet some uh, time box, no matter what the case, uh, causing a lot of very negative behavior in teams and causing teams to create problems now that they will pay for over a long period of time. And I think once you lift that pressure and that guilt off of the teams and, and or at least let the pressure be light and and such that we talk about it when we review our Kanban board each morning around what stories are moving and how do we continue to move things forward. I find that it allows us to really focus in on the things that matter, which is moving work through to production and making sure that the quality is high. So again, I just have over time just found those, uh, those practices of time boxing, of estimation, trying to see how much we can squeeze into that that time box, and then making a commitment and having teams feel pressure uh, to be driven by that commitment to be uh, almost a mark of immaturity in teams. The ability of the product owner or the or, or the product folks to identify value or identify the highest value is crucial in that case. 
the reason I was I was bringing this up because sometimes I found that time boxing is almost like a backstop for for that lack of of, of ability to focus. Time boxing too often is a stick. Yeah, fair, fair. But but it's the same thing. We have we have some challenges in the system or problems in the system that that are unable to identify value for whatever reason, and then we are introducing these arbitrary. Uh, time boxes where we think, okay, we go to market at this point, hoping that whatever is done at that point will be will be good enough or good for the market. So, what do you what do you tell to to product folks who uh, who feel well? What happens if my team doesn't? What, what, should we just let them let them take all the time that they need? What do I what do I tell my marketing team? What do I how do I go to our customers and, and, and tell them you can expect something by that, by that time? So how do I deal with that? So that's a question that we have as well. And that's something that I hear often from our product owners. So what I do in that case is um, I encourage the, uh, the product folks to, uh, to not look at, at estimates, but to look at previous results. And to um, we, we had a session on, uh, on metrics uh, a while ago uh, and Actually, to to look at the actual throughput, to look at the actual cycle time, and uh, and use that as a as a gauge or as a as a metric to try to forecast uh, when something will be done or how much we can be we can do. Um, estimation for me is a uh, is an awful lot less valuable and predictive to um, a predictive for for future uh, performance than past performances. That's that's ultimately what I always ask, and the I've done some research and I've I've done some um, uh, some simulations with uh, with certain teams that I that I work with uh, who use planning poker and so forth, and I've compared the, um, the the ability of their estimates to forecast what they're capable of doing in the future with what I just mentioned using uh, previous throughput numbers, and it turns out that those that throughput is always a better indicator of future performance than uh, than what the than the estimates. So uh, from that perspective, I don't think that the estimates provide that much value. I wouldn't be able to give that product owner like a very quick answer. It would be something more than where I would have to help them start to understand uh, the risk of, of delivering large pieces of software because what happens if we work three or four months on something and put it out and then the product and then the uh, customer isn't happy with it. So I don't know that I would be able to convince them of that in one setting. Uh, so, but what I would do is work with that product owner over time to help them understand the product risk of really large releases and that, that it is part of the root cause why so much software that is delivered is rarely or almost never used by end users and help them over time build that understanding internally so that they could have the right sort of conversations with their customers. So, so perhaps maybe just, just slicing it down, trying a, a, a smaller piece and then, and then getting that reaction, what, what Cheesy mentioned could already give me an early indication whether actually it makes sense for that, for that uh, whole thing. And then we can get you closer to understanding what that big feature actually is. Yeah, I'm going to echo sort of what Hino said earlier, where if you have the ability to deliver in small chunks and you're set up that way, you have the right pipelines and you have the right product mindset and, and you're able to do it, of course, do it. But if you're not in that type of organization and uh, you feel the need to estimate, to predict something, 
I think the next best thing is to really look at throughput. Maybe maybe instead of delivering this this feature that might take three months to deliver and, and make estimates around that, we try to, to go, okay, let's just work on this thing for a week and let's see how much we get done in a week and then sort of project that. Now, how is that different than velocity? Uh, whereas velocity is based on a gut feeling or a sense or, 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 or some other sort of premonition that you might have on how long something might take. This is more based on actuals, what you actually accomplished over that week. And projecting that out based on actuals might be a little bit more, if not accurate, but at least a little bit more reliable uh, for you to use in whatever context you want to use it. It's certainly a very interesting discussion and very controversial and very polarizing sometimes. But for the purposes of this episode, our discussion on estimation has ended. Goodbye.